This week's podcast is definitely interesting. 1,200 calorie diet. Why? Where did it come from? And why does everyone think that's the magic number? I'm looking forward to chewing on this one, Greg. So let's jump in and get started. And for people who don't know, that's Harriet Walker, dietitian. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Today's podcast is brought to you by Green Tea TX100, a delicious, low-calorie blend of green tea extract, gut-friendly probiotics, and powerful antioxidants. Packed full of energy, Green Tea TX100 helps boost your metabolism, promote good bacteria, enhance energy levels, and stimulate fat burning through its natural thermogenic effect. Naturally sweetened and with no added sugar, Green Tea TX100 is your answer to a great-tasting, satisfying energy boost. Available in delicious super berry flavour and on sale at Good Price Pharmacy stores across Australia for the month of September. Welcome to Body Science HQ, Harriet. G'day, Greg. Thanks for having me back yes. once again. Don't know why you still keep asking me. Sitting but here in the we chair are. and the podcast of Fit, Happy and Healthy. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that actually came uh, through customer service, I believe. It was 1,200 calories. Should this be my diet? I'm trying to lose weight. Whoa, Greg. I, but the person, look, I won't go into names, but the, the person was female. The person had a PT and that was the question they asked us along with a whole lot of other stuff. But the big question was, and I thought, you know what, where did the 1,200 calorie diet actually come from and I want to have a chat with you about that. This is an absolute classic. It is a classic, isn't it? Absolute classic. So not a week goes by that I do not get somebody asking me, is that enough? I don't actually know where this 1200 calorie number came from. I think somebody pulled it out and it's not below 1000, but it's not above 2000, 1200. Oh, that sounds about right. Because for all I know, a lot of popular diet plans of recent 1200 is a big number when you start searching because oh. I went and had a look mm. and I think I know where it came from. Well, we won't dig into that bit, but what we can dig into is is it appropriate for people to be subsiding subsisting, sorry, off 1200 calories. And I'm going to say unless you're 4 foot 8 and 45 kilos, probably not, Greg. It's not enough food. And the reason why it's that's going to end in issues is because for most people they're eating below their basal metabolic rate. Okay, so let's hit it. What what does basal metabolic rate mean? So before you get out of bed, Lying in the dark room, not doing anything before you waking hours, yep. there is a minimum amount of calories required or kilojoules required to maintain life. Mm-hmm. So that is to breathe, to run your organs, to do anything physiologically before you stand up. That's our basal metabolic rate. It's our minimum buy-in for life, okay. essentially. So our body can adapt to energy intakes that are below that, but what we have to to acknowledge is if we are asking our body to run on less than what its minimum requirements are, something's got to give. We're so if someone's, let's let's talk about mass population. If someone's doing some type of functional training, circuit work, that's, which is very popular at the moment, and probably going four to five times a week and eating 1,200 calories, what's going to happen? So we need to look at our buckets where we can expend energy from. So basal metabolic rate is one of the buckets that we've spoken about before. And what did you set that at? That was a... Look, it could be for, for women, it's mm. going to be ballpark, yep. somewhere in the vicinity of 13 to 16, 17 for a very muscular athletic person. Okay. 
Okay. For men, it might start at somewhere in the vicinity of 15, 1,600 calories per day and go up to sort of 2,200, 300 for a very athletic, muscly person. Yeah, okay. So the basal will be dictated by height, weight, muscle mass, that kind of gig. So beyond that, we have energy expenditure from digesting our food. Mm-hmm. That's the thermic effect of food. And then we have energy expenditure that comes from exercise, so planned exercise, and energy expenditure that comes from daily activities that are not planned. So like walking to the car costs energy, brushing my hair costs energy, me sitting up straight costs energy. So okay, well, you haven't convinced me yet. 1,200 calories is looking good. I'm going to lose a heap of weight. You are going to lose a heap of weight doing it. But let's look at what some of the downsides you could probably expect. So first thing I would expect you to feel is pretty rotten because you're not consuming enough energy. Your will to move. Is Is that all day? Is that when I get up or is that any time of the day? That look, across the board, an average you, on average, you're going to be feeling pretty crappy. You're not going to be the best person. You're you not going to be doing your living your best life okay. on 1,200 calories. Yep. Again, unless you're that size where that's appropriate intake or that you're really reduced your energy output, very few people are going to be feeling great on that. No, we're talking about energy. the person who's hitting a functional section oh, every day. Absolutely. That yeah. functional person is going to be losing weight they're going to be burning fat, I'll tell you that much for free. They are going to be tapping into their fat stores Mm -hmm. for sure because they need to find ways to bridge that gap between what they are consuming from food and what their body requires. So fat mass is a a stored energy source. So they can burn fat in order to be able to function. What we also see though is because we need a certain amount of protein to run the functions in our body, so hormones require protein, hair, skin, nail regeneration, muscle regeneration, they all require protein that's beyond just calories mm-hmm. we need a certain amount of calories but we also need a certain amount of protein per day i'm probably eating a fair chunk of my 1200 calories in protein though let's if, if, if i've been put on this diet by somebody potentially yeah, yeah. so look that's going to be preserving your lean muscle mass to an extent so if you are training and you are consuming adequate protein and you're in a calorie deficit you may be saving a little bit of your muscle mass we might not be requiring to break it down in order to use that protein however we're probably also running into nutrient deficiencies which you might not feel initially, but definitely from a long-term health perspective. And what's long-term? Three months? What, what are you talking like? If I'm well, on this diet for three months. How long does it take months? for a deficiency to become a clinical deficiency? Yeah. That can be months. It can be years. Okay. So it depends on the specific nutrient. Some nutrients we require daily. So our water-soluble vitamins, we need those on the regular. Fat-soluble yep. vitamins we can store in our body fat. Yep. But once again, if we're burning that fat, we've reduced our body's ability to store those nutrients. So we're looking at months potentially years before we get a clinical deficiency but we are also not feeling great in the short term as well because energy production suffers when we're not having our micronutrients because micronutrients are involved in producing the energy that our body requires okay so let's just say i'm on 12 and i'm going to be the bad guy here for a while okay i'm on a 1200 calorie diet i'm training four to four times a week i've been told to take a multivitamin so i'm getting some nutrients so in that first three months i can probably suck it and see it type thing and mm-hmm. you know feel a bit tired you said i feel a bit tired maybe a little bit moody and grumpy mm-hmm. so what i've dropped five kilos 10 kilos i'm feeling good about myself there let's I, I, what i want to dig deep on is why this is a stupid idea yeah okay, okay and that's probably something i shouldn't say on a podcast but well uh, with a decreased energy intake because so far i'm a little bit moody but i'm looking good let's just remember <laughs> that okay my pitches are coming up gold you're looking shredded yeah so there's a couple of things that could be happening that we need to look at as well mm-hmm. so hormonally we know that when we're 
decreasing our energy intake are um, certain hormones adapt to that lower energy intake. So we are driven to eat more food. So you might actually be experiencing some binge eating behavior when we're consuming low calories. So we're not really 1200 calories. We're 1200 calories on a day we control ourselves and then we potentially a little off the park binge. This is a this is a picture and the difference between eating those calories in meals spread across the day evenly compared to eating 1200 restrict 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 and then binging is we are developing a are you talking like fasting there are you talking like days 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 sorry okay so we restrict 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 and then what we're probably going to risk is running into a poor relationship with food when we're not eating what we need for health and for body functions and for enjoyment when we restrict we're driven to eat our body actually is upregulating the you know we're increasing the amounts of hormones that are associated with eating that are driving us to eat and we may very well be falling into a binge and restrict pattern where we're under eating and then all of a sudden we snap and we overeat extensively like i'm talking thousands of calories in one sitting and then there's an associated down uh shame guilt cycle so that that's a pretty common one for some people how's my mental function going to be on 1200 calories a day well you that's that's a really good question because we require glucose for our brain to run yes we can run on ketones but if you know we're asking our body to run wholly it doesn't matter whether the energy is coming from ketones whether it's coming from glucose we don't have much of it getting around total energy so our brain function is going to be impaired for sure we're not going to be able to be thinking properly who gets priority like which part of the body gets priority on a low calorie diet our organs are going to get so brain gets brain and heart organ function is going to get the priority very commonly with females we know that their menstrual cycle gets impacted from low calorie diets because our body cannot sustain a life yep. on that low calorie. So our body will shut down the ability to, you know, fall pregnant because it's not required. It's nice to have, but it's not necessary. For men, you know, we might see hormonal downturns as well. We might see that they've reduced their testosterone. For males and females, we see, you know, their sex drive will go down because of the hormones associated with that. We see that people are less able to put in the the effort in the gym because they're like they're running on empty. Mm-hmm. So there's a people can very commonly they'll buffer themselves for the first 12 6 months on this sort of stuff, but we definitely see um impaired body composition so we see loss of muscle mass we see loss of fat fat mass we see low mood low testosterone low low hormone profile apathy (laughs) just not feeling good about life and then psychosocially so behaviorally we see these people are you know, withdrawing from social situations, okay. getting a little bit anxious about eating in social scenarios yeah. because they might have labelled certain foods as good, bad, toxic. So there's there's a physiological aspect to consuming low calories, but there is a very big sort of psychosocial aspect to it whereby people are forming poor eating behaviours and they're withdrawing socially as well. So I think on the whole it is really important to acknowledge that whilst you know, losing fat seems to be, you know, on everybody's wish list. We have to look at what are the downsides of such heavily restricted diets. And it's not just, it's not educating the person on the, the healthy habits. A lot of the time people, when we look at what the standard Australian diet looks like, it's not that fab. 
there's plenty of room for us to make improvements before we do a 1200 calorie diet. There's a lot of low hanging fruit, which we've spoken about, that can be changed in order to get those long term, you know, positive benefits in body composition, fat loss, without having to resort to halving your calorie intake um, in a generic fashion. And that's the problem here is a lot of these diets are so generic. They are the same 1200 calorie piece of paper that's been handed around, maybe not the same exactly but the concept is there whether it is a female who is five foot five and does crossfit six times a week she might be on 1200 calories and then her girlfriend who is five foot nine and does yoga might also be on 1200 calories neither of which neither of those people would benefit because there's just not enough to meet their basal needs let alone the needs for optimal life performance whatever okay so how do i calculate how many calories i need to eat like if it's not 1200 how do i calculate it well this is a get yeah, this is a really funny question it's like i don't know how much i should eat there's like heaps of ways you can figure this out there's like a few equations you can use Schofield equation harris benedict equation are two that come to mind there are calculators online that you could if you google metabolic calculator Schofield equation or harris benedict for more athletic population you'll get a sorry ball. can you say that down Schofield for Schofield, and then the harris benedict is for athletic it's more for athletic equation okay, yep we can look those up and you can get a ballpark figure it's not going to be exact the other way to do it which is probably a little bit more tailored is tracking your energy intake for a week and just making sure if your weight's stable at that calorie intake that's probably your base that's probably your minimum requirements so with those equations it takes into account your basal so your minimum requirement and then they'll times it by an activity factor so that will that's how we account for energy expenditure if i'm an office worker my basal metabolic rate is, say, 1,300 calories. And all I do each day is walk to my car, sit in my car, sit at my desk, walk back to my car, sit on the couch. My activity factor might be 1.1. I'm only needing slightly more. Sedentary. I'm very sedentary. Yeah. Absolutely. However, if my basal metabolic rate is 1,300 calories but... I run ultra marathons, I'm going to be timesing that by an activity factor of like 2.2, you know, a lot higher. Yep. So that's how we account for energy output is with that activity factor. We take our basal and then we put on what we do each day as a rough estimate. So and that's how all these fitness watches are working? Yeah, they're you, going to be taking height, into account age, yeah, yeah, weight and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So they will have used one of these equations mm-hmm. to figure this out. And then it's a matter of, you know, tailoring it accordingly. So have a go at consuming ballpark. If you're putting on weight, cut off three, 500 calories. If you're losing weight too quickly, put some more back in, you know. So it's it's not rocket science. I think we've sort of overthought this a little bit too much. And the fact is that most people are over, you know, very commonly people who are trying to lose weight are are going the very drastic option first before they've taken a look at some of the easy, simple things like reducing alcohol intake, reducing, you know, the sort of sugary, sweet, fried foods that they might consume on a regular basis. It's very easy to be drastic short term. It is a lot more beneficial to take a moderate approach and do something that's more sustainable. And just starting out with the numbers or get a qualified, you know, dietitian to be helping you to figure this out because it's not rocket science but you just need some objectivity to it. And if it's, you know, if it's a cookie cutter approach for everybody, I would be I would be second guessing its appropriateness. Okay. So so far twelve hundred calorie diet, the why is long term 
not good. Long term, unless you're that size and it's appropriate. And what was it? Four foot eight, four forty-seven kilograms. I'd have to figure it out, yeah. but it'd be somewhere in the vicinity of being less than five foot and just under 50 kilos. So if I'm looking for some rapid weight loss, like I do have a purpose, I want to lose weight in 14 days or something, how toxic on my lifestyle is 1,200 calorie diet for a couple of days? A couple of days. It would be fine. Yeah. It would be fine. I'm not recommending it, but mm-hmm. you're not going to die doing it. And do you expect those results to sick once you stop doing that? You're no. probably going to bounce straight dramatically yeah. at that event when you get But the... there might be a time if you've got somebody, if I've got somebody who needs to cut weight really quickly and they've come to me last minute and it's like, okay, well, here we go. But, you know, in two days it's not going to do you any damage unless, you know, it is doing damage to your relationship with food, in which case I'm saying it's doing a lot of damage. <laughs> so the the why behind it is also super important. You often hear, and I don't know whether it's myth or not, you often hear, oh, wow, 1,200 calories is going to be really bad for your metabolism. Is that true or false? It could be. It could, could be. be. We we know that there's a, a adaptation to low calorie intake. We, you know, again, we're reducing uh, the hormonally, we're reducing, we're increasing our drive to eat, we're reducing our satiety factor. We might be impairing our lean muscle mass. We know we might be instigating a binge restrict cycle in there as well. So and that's a danger point, isn't it? Yeah, we see this adaptation to a reduced calorie intake, especially for females. Again, we see that, you know, changes into their, their cycle as well. So for those reasons, yeah, it could be it could be impairing your physiology, your, your body's function greatly. Is it going to do that in two weeks? Probably not. Is it smart to try something that you're only going to do for two weeks as opposed to actually investing some time into a sustainable plan? That's my question. Yeah, yeah. You know, are you wasting time messing around with these short-term fixes when you could have six months ago started figuring out what your plan of attack is in a sustainable fashion and started doing that. Yeah, I just might be going the races in two weeks, Harriet, and I hadn't <laughs> planned out I was going there in two weeks. That's all. So I just want to throw out the 1,200-calorie diet, see where we're at. Greg, I'm get def- off. definitely going to put it back on at the races <laughs> so everyone knows. Full transparency there. Well, what you do in your own time, Greg, is not my problem. Look, that would all, that's all, would also be a, a, a strategy with a lot of these people who have started intermittent fasting too, you know, like you're, you're hitting your eight-hour window if you're doing the 16-8 and, you know. It's a, it's, if you're not calculating what your basal metabolic rate is and mm. knowing what your maintenance level calories is and you undertake fasting, it's not magic. You've just reduced your calorie intake. Yeah. So, you can still put your health in a, you know, people are like, oh, well, fasting is really good for your health. Yeah. If you're accidentally or uh, on purpose reducing your calorie intake well below what your requirements are, doesn't matter how you do it, you're still doing it and you're still going to have the implications of low energy availability. So for those people that we haven't really convinced about the 1200 calorie diet, what's my hair going to be like in eight months if I stay on 1200 calories? And I've got long, say I've got long hair down my back. Long, luscious locks. Yeah. It's, it's. It's a possibility, like one of the side effects of stress and with a rapid weight loss is telogen effigens, which is loss of hair. So that, that that's quite common. I think I was speaking with a doctor and it's really common for people to come into their office with, with hair loss, which is funny. But it's common in my house. <laughs> that's, uh, that's genetic, Greg, <laughs> unfortunately. 
can't do anything about that. But, you know, increasing your protein intake and increasing your calories to a more sustainable manner, you know, it can be an approach, but that would be something I would be discussing with my healthcare practitioner. And if say someone is on a 1200 calorie diet and, you know, they're getting through it each day and they don't realize it's not the best person they could be. Are there telltales like fingernails? Is there anything we can look at that might give us some indication that it's not being the best we can be? Potentially, yeah. So we do know, you know, there are some physical signs of, um, you know, poor nutrient intake, poor energy intake. So hair, skin, nails, uh, you know, all protein-based tissues in our body, they can be impaired. That's happening over a longer period of time though. So I don't think that's necessarily clinically going to be showing up short term. It might be something that's more associated with long-term insufficient energy intake. So there are some clinical signs that are associated with it. Are we seeing that in the sort of population around here and not looking for it straight away? It definitely would, for me, the first things I'm, I'm seeing with people is lethargy, you know, low mood as a result of trying to do too much on not enough energy, impaired lean muscle mass, so loss of muscle mass in an athletic population when they should be fit, yep. healthy and muscular they're looking a little bit flat and a little an injury immune function is low as well that's another one we didn't touch on but immune function can be severely impaired from low energy intake as well so you know getting sick frequently low mood low energy lean muscle mass loss all sort of big red red flags that you know they're not living their best life well if anyone wants to get their 1200 calorie diet assessed by harriet harriet what is your web website so people can contact athleticeating.com get on board see a dietitian and just check out what you maybe can be doing for yourself live happy thanks for having me greg look forward to the next one game on today's podcast was brought to you by our partners in fit happy and healthy asn nutrition warehouse dy discount vitamins fat burners only evelyn fay mr supplement or find a retailer online at bodyscience.com.au forward slash retailers.